so precious, so beautiful to us, Lord. Father, when the world perhaps looked at a bloody cross and they didn't look so nice to them, but Lord, to the believer, there's something about the blood of Jesus. There's something about what you did for us on that day. There's something about just what you've done in our lives down through every day, Lord. It's such a beautiful work. Father, if it wasn't for grace, where would we be? Lord, many of us would still be down there with the Egyptians trying to find our own way, trying to make more bricks, trying to just do what we could. But your grace came by our way, Lord. You sent us a guide, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that even as young people, we can accept and we can see the guide. Lord, and we could just stay focused on you. Truly, Lord, we love you so much. We ask tonight, Lord, that you'd come and do just that, light the fire. Lord, for some of us, it did burn. For some of us, we've been scratching sticks together a long time. Father, I pray you'd give the fire, Lord. That, Lord, there'd be a, a consuming, Lord, of our, our work, a consuming, Lord Jesus, of our hearts, a consuming of our, our spirit and our flesh, Lord, that it would just be so caught up in you this year. Yes. Lord, it may seem like something that's far off or something that's great, but Lord, there's nothing that's too hard for you. Lord, you can take your young people and you can make them an invincible army that can combat the enemy with the sword of the word and pick up the shield of faith and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Father, we ask that you be with us, Lord. Not just tonight, Lord, but Father, change us, Lord. Give us a boldness to speak. Lord, wherever and whatever you'd have us to say. We love you, Lord, and we give this service now to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. I bless you. Amen. I wasn't really sure what I'd do tonight and if I'd play something or preach or what, but after Brother Max's sword draw, I feel like preaching. So here we are. I had, there's a testimony on my heart, we'll play it for you at some time that I, I don't know how many of you, if you've ever seen it, but, or I should say heard it, because it is just audio, but it's phenomenal to, to hear some of the eyewitness accounts of Brother Branham. You know, I'll, I'll just say that Moses would even say in Deuteronomy 11, he would talk about and he would remind them about how they came across the Red Sea and how the Red Sea swallowed up the Egyptians and what happened to Dathan and Abiram with Korah and what happened to, you know, the manna that came down and what happened with the quails, what happened when they smote the rock, what happened when, oh, God was just miracle after miracle. He even says, well, remember the miracles of Egypt when they, the plagues were called down and he says, take your children up and teach them these things. 
You were privileged to see these things. So I, I believe it's important for us to know and understand that sometimes we need to go back and watch things and listen to things and see that we weren't there in the, mess, in the meetings of Brother Branham, right? None of us were born even back then. We're all young people. We're all, we, none of us were there, but we listened to the tapes. But it's some, good sometimes to go back. You know, something that I thought was so phenomenal when Brother, when, when brother Moses, I was going to say, when Moses would take them up on their... Uh, and say, you grandfathers, you, know, you take your children, take their children's children. You tell them the things that have happened. You rehearse to them the miracles of God. That was personal to that grandfather. It was a personal story. It wasn't just what was recorded. He didn't just pick up the Bible and start reading the writings of Moses and say, this is what happened. But it, it became personal. They could add something to it. That's why it's good to have those eyewitness accounts and see what God did. When, when he had his seventh angel messenger here, and to not just we just take up the tapes and listen, and that's all good, and, 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 and we need to do that more and more than ever, but it's good to, to see the eyewitness. So I thought about playing something like that, but I'm going to save that. That's okay. I'm just going to save that, and tonight we'll usher in a new young people's with the preaching of the word instead. And, and I just wanted to say a few more things. You can have your seats for a few moments, and I, I just want to... Uh, relieve you or, or, or uh, alleviate you, I guess. But first, I'll, I'll, I'll make a couple announcements. But I, I just have, have a lot on my mind, I guess, a lot on my heart. I certainly love each one of you. You know, it's so good to serve the Lord with you. So good to see you all, that you come out faithfully. You're here, and you, you want to see the Lord move. I know you don't just come here because mom and dad kicked you out and said, go to young people's. But you come here because you want to see the Lord move. Amen? Amen. Just you come here to touch the Lord. You come here to touch the hem of his garment. It's good to see each one of you. And I thank you, Brother Justice. It's good to see you. God bless you, buddy. And appreciate the testimony you told on New Year's Eve. That was nice. And amen. It's good to see how God's moved in our midst. And, and I, I made mention New Year's. I said, you know, the young people are in revival. Now, you, some of you might look and say, well, I don't know. Brother, Brother John and Brother Max, but he said, well, what's God doing in my life? Just stay focused. A revival is, is not a pressurization. A revival is a depressurization. We get pressurized. We get built up in ourselves. I got it. I got it. But when God strikes, it just lets off the pressure. And we could just totally put our trust in him. And we want to just do that, not just tonight, but we want to do that this year. I uh, really, you know, last year it just was so real to me, and I, it's going to continue to be this way. But there will be young people in the rapture. I hope you never get sick of me saying that because I'm not going to stop saying that. Because I want you to hear it enough till you believe it. <laughs> till you could say, yes, I'm that young person that's going to be in the rapture. I'm the one that's going to be there. I don't need to grow to be an old person. You know, there's levels of adoption for young people that God puts stuff in his scriptures to say, this is what a young person ought to be. Amen. And I, I, I just want to say, and, and, and you heard Brother John on, on New Year's Eve, he made mention of a missions project, a local missions project that we're working on. And I won't let you get into all the details just yet because I still just can't yet. But I do want to put out a call for help, anyone that's, that's interested. Um, we're looking at creating a couple of tracks or pamphlets that can be passed out by people here at the church to whomever they want to witness to. And the reason why we want to design some different people have here and there, but something that locally uh, can be used for the mission work locally. 
to see that there's souls in Edmonton that I believe need to get saved. And uh, in doing so, we need to create some, and we're looking if there, is, if there is a young person or two even that are interested in graphic design, we'd like you to work with us in creating something. It may take a couple iterations. It may take some back and forth. You might present us with something. We might say, change this or change that or, you know, add this or don't add that. But that's how it goes, just working with the brothers and, and working together on that. It doesn't matter if you're a sister, if you're a brother, you, want, you are interested in graphic design, you want to do some graphic design, you want to say, I'd like to try it, and I believe I've got some skills in that. Uh, we would be working alongside with Brother Tito and myself, Brother John, Brother Max, um, uh, to get it to a spot where we could help meet the needs locally here in Edmonton. And if anyone's interested in that, you can reach out to myself or Brother John um, via text message or an email or whatever is, is convenient for you. We're just finding we're trying to put everything together and we just need a few more hands and we want to continue to give you opportunity to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. Am I wearing this thing right, Brother Seth? It, it's popping all over the place. Is it? I don't know if it's me or you or I'll blame myself. You're doing a great job, Brother Seth. God bless you, buddy. You're doing fantastic. Amen. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. As I said, revival is not a pressurization. It's a depressurization. So you just relax. You know, if we just, I was, I was thinking about that service, Brother Max, and I hope you preach it again, but let go and let God. You know, we, we need to hear that once in a while. I'd say annually at least. We need to hear it. Let go. Let God. You know, we just need to stop for a moment and just realize sometimes we get so caught up in ourselves to say, I'm going to do something. We just need to let go. Let God have his way. Let him take control. Let him be the leader. Let him be the guide. He's the one that placed the children of Israel in the promised land. It wasn't Joshua figuring out how he's going to cut the land and divide and how he's going to conquer. He went and he prayed. How did he get the formula to just march around Jericho? He met the, 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 the Lord. He met the, oh, I can't remember the name right now. What's that? The captain of the host. Thank you. The captain. I said, he mentioned the name over and over again. Now I can't remember it. The captain of the host. I'd say I'm getting old, but there's some of you that are older than me, so I won't say that. <laughs> but uh, he met the captain of the host, and it was the captain of the host that gave him. You know, and I just have been watching some things, and then, and, and, Listening and, and, and feeding and, and, you know, the, everybody's part is important. Everybody's part. You, you, if you take a step back sometimes, you know, because sometimes we get so caught up in our little part. We get so caught up in it and feel like, you know, how can I be affecting anybody else? But every part is important. You know, if you take a step back for a moment, if you're, you know, I was just I was watching a documentary on, a, on, a, on World War II, actually, and they were just focusing in on this one company and what they were doing and these few guys and how they were going about. But they would take a step backwards and realize it wasn't just this little group doing their thing. There was another group, and there was another group, and there was an army, and there was a division, and there was another regiment, and there was this one. And this little group had to do what they were doing so that everyone else could advance together. And if they got ahead, then these ones had to try and catch up, and they'd get exposed. But if they got lagged behind, it left this one's flank open. See, everybody had to work together. Even though with this little group of guys, they were all that they mattered was taking the next hill, 
to get to the next ridge. And to them, that's all they could see was they were fighting against, it was against the Japanese, and there was the Japanese there, and they were here. It just mattered to get to there. It was all that was important. But they weren't seeing that too. there was a general behind them. That, that wasn't all that was important. But it was important that they got that. Because if they failed to get that, then something would begin to fall apart down the line. Amen. So everyone had to do their part. And it's so true even in, in, in our daily walk and our daily battle and our, our struggle to do what's right and to serve the Lord. All of our parts are important. You know, if we're not there doing our part, putting our shoulder to the wheel, if we're not serving the Lord to the best of our capacity, then we find that the person next to us begins to suffer. If we're coming to church and we're falling asleep because we just, we, we, we just don't want to be there, then we find out the person next to us is getting robbed because they're getting sleepy and they're getting tired and they're wondering, hey, what's going on? Why are you sleeping? So don't ever be ashamed of those that, you know, I know we're not supposed to go within six feet of each other. We'll give each other pokers or something, but if somebody's falling asleep, just give them a little nod and say, hey, you're robbing me. This isn't about you. It's about me here. If you don't do your part, I'm not going to get my part, right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm preaching already, and this was just my little admonition and encouragement. <laughs> But uh, I'll ask you, you ever feel, I felt this way, you ever feel like you have no idea what you're, how what you're doing is affecting everybody else? You ever feel that way? Sometimes I feel that way. Where I'm like, man, how is it possible? I'm just doing my own little thing. How is it affecting what everybody else is doing? How is that possible? Or like, like, like everyone else, sometimes you feel everyone else is doing something and you're just bogged down in your life and your worries and how could that possibly affect everyone else? You've got what you're doing. And, and how is that a, a possibly affecting everyone else? But I'll say this to, to make it spiritual now. As much as God deals with the Gentiles as individuals, right? He deals with us as individuals. It's for the purpose of bringing us to the level of adoption that he has for us at that time. He wants to bring you to maturity, even as a young person. He wants to bring you to that maturity of a mature, sober-minded young person. But we're also a group that for God to move freely in our midst and to take us deeper in love and in revelation, we need to do our part. So that way as a group, when we come together, we can come into one mind and into one accord so that we can enter in and that, so that we're not robbing the person next to us, as I said. Where if one person's out of their place, it might rob someone else of their healing because you got a place where you know you ought to be. Amen. If someone has a place, that's not talking about if there's a, if there's a visitor that comes in and they don't know what's going on. You know, that's not exactly at all what that's talking about. It's talking about someone in iniquity. That's someone that, that knows better, that knows they should be in a certain place, but they're refusing to do that, and they're running out in their own little way. Lord, help us all to stay focused. We need to do our part. I'll say this. It was a good year in 2020. Despite the fact that we're all wearing masks now, despite the fact that this, this has just become almost a norm, Right? We're, we're, we're supposed to social distance. We're not wearing masks. We're not supposed to go over to our buddy's house. We're not supposed to do all these things. But you know what? It, it, it's, it's been a good year. As I said, you know, you've had a lot more time on your hands. But somehow, I've seen God move in your lives. Hey, man, not just one of you or two of you or three of you. I've seen God begin to move over on your lives. And God begin to open your eyes and give you revelation. I think that's wonderful. We ought to thank the Lord for that. 
Because you say, well, I got so much more time, Brother Andrew. I feel bored sometimes. Yeah, but then God could speak to you. Sometimes when we just shut everything else off. Amen. It used to be we had to preach, you know, and when all the young people are going out, you don't have to go out every time. <laughs> you used to have to almost try and say that, you know, you don't have to be a social butterfly all the time. There's times you need to go home and pray. There's times now it's like, brother, go home and pray. Well, that's all I can do. <laughs> you know, it's always, there's a time to get together now, and it'd be nice to get together. But I'll ask you, is this the year of the rapture? Is it? No man knows the hour of the day. No man knows the year. But it's an honest question. So I'll challenge you this year. All right, you ready? I'm going to challenge everybody this year. It's a big challenge. Stay focused on your part. That's my challenge to this year, is that you would stay focused on what God's called you to do. No matter what that is, if that's just to overcome in where God has put you. Because God didn't call you to go to school where you're going to school just so you could float by. He called you to overcome in that school because there needs to be a witness and a testimony to those people around about you that you can overcome. So God put you and that's your part. My part is I got to overcome where I'm at and I got to go to work and I got to do these things. Yeah, I got to get up here and preach and I got to do these things because God called me to that. But God called you to what he called you to. And that's just as important. Under this guide of the Holy Spirit, there's no big me, little you, or big you, or little me. No, it puts us all on an even playing field of grace. Hallelujah. All it means is the fact that I've been called to, to preach the gospel things, and maybe some of you have too, and I pray that'd be true, but, but, but all that means is I've got things to answer for. Oh my, just so you understand, but I still got the same grace that you got. Oh, thank the Lord. So I encourage you, and I'll challenge you, let's stay focused on our part. When they marched around, Brother, Mo, Brother Max, I'm going to keep picking up on it. When they marched around the walls of Jericho, they marched around, they marched around, they marched around. All they had to do was stay focused on their part. If there was someone there that was walking and they had a trumpet to blow and the person behind them had cymbals to clang together at the end when they came together, it didn't matter to that guy with the trumpet. He was focused on that trumpet. The guy on the cymbals, it didn't matter. He wasn't walking around thinking, man, if I just had the trumpet, if I just had the trumpet, if I just had the trumpet. No, he had the cymbals. There was somebody else that didn't get anything. He was just commanded, shout. Yeah. Hey, man, you might not be able to play a musical instrument. You might not be able to get up here and preach, but you were commanded to worship. You were commanded to live your life for God. So stay focused on your part. Say, God, I'll do whatever I can do to the best of my ability. Hey, man, you want to know what a rapture-ready young person is? It's someone that's serving God with all of their heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, my, it doesn't matter. When they were walking around Jericho, the guards might have said a lot of things. I'm sure they were shouting down their insults, and I'm sure it was enough to walk around one time and hear their insults one time. And now you're walking around seven times and you're hearing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Till finally they're like, man, now this guy, he just, no, that wasn't the point. The point was stay focused when we're done walking around the seventh time. Hallelujah. The Lord gave us commandments. 
You might have heard the same thing over and over again. Oh, this person, it happened this way, and that person, they died from this sickness, and this person, they went sideways, and that person, they did this, and this person, my, you're no different. Just stay focused. Say, God, I got a point, and I got a part to play. Hallelujah. Oh, man. You just preach on this because you're called to overcome the devil where you are. So stay focused on Christ. Stay focused on him. Stay focused on the word. That's your part. You watch God fight your battles. Oh, they have just had to focus. They weren't worried. Well, what am I going to do? When I storm over the walls, am I going to have to, you know, have I got my sword in my right hand or shield in my left? Or if I got to take out the, 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 that Jericho guy, come out, and am I going to have to get him? No, it was just walk around the walls and shout when I say shout. Play your trumpet when I say play your trumpet. Hallelujah. The rest of it, God did. The rest of it, God happened. They had one more commandment that, uh, that they had to listen to. They said, when the walls come down, don't take anything from there. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. When the walls come down in your life, that devil's built up all around, and he's built things up, and he said, you can't go in here. This is this. You can't let God in this part of your life. This is a wall around here, and this is your own personal self. You don't have to let anybody in, and you don't got to let anybody out. But when those walls come down, let's not try and take anything. Say, well, I kind of like this, or well, I kind of like that, or I kind of like. Say, Lord, what do you want? Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. I wanted to start a subject tonight, and I've got 20 minutes to do it, so we'll just start then. We'll maybe hit first gear and then rev it right into the red line, and then we'll just shut it off. Amen. Genesis chapter 46. Really what I want to start on tonight and, and, and begin to start, and the reason why I said I have to preach after Brother Maxwell did that is I want to start on a subject of Jehovah Ra, Jehovah Ra, our shepherd, however you want to say it, Ra, or Ra, or I don't speak Hebrew, it's something like that, R-A-A, and uh, he's our shepherd, our chief cornerstone. And there's so much in the word about it because, oh, it goes right back to Genesis and right over to Revelations and right oh, everywhere. So I, I, I'm not even partway through grasping it all, but we'll just start and see how the Lord leads. Genesis chapter 46 and verse 34. This is Jacob comes to Egypt and they come down, and, 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 and Joseph rushes out to meet them. And Joseph says, well, let me go. I, I want to I take you, and I, I want to bring you into Pharaoh's presence. And I want him to bless you, and I want you to bless him. And, I, I, you know, he's so happy to see his father. Can you imagine after all that Joseph been through? Oh, this is what breaks me down when I think about it. He was just sent on a mission to go check on his brothers. He had no idea that's the last time he's going to see his dad. 
He had no idea that's the last time he's going to see his dear father. But he said, go check on your brother. Bring him some bread. So they brought him out there. And you know, we know all the story. They cast him into a pit and they sold him into slavery. He went into prison and he rose up with Potiphar. And then he went into prison. And then he rose up to the top of the, top of the, the prison. And then finally there come a butler and a baker. Oh my, there was two thieves on each side. One went back to his former glory and one was went to be killed. And in all of that, finally, after even years after that, finally they remembered, oh yeah, there's a guy named Joseph that can interpret dreams. You need to go talk to him. And Joseph come and raised him up to the right hand of Pharaoh. But still there was a longing and aching in his heart. He hadn't seen his father. And even when his brothers come, we know there was an aching because he had to leave the room because he began to weep. He began to cry. Why? Man doesn't just cry, but there's something in him that's longing to say, don't you know who I am? Don't you know I'm Joseph? Don't you know? Oh, he loved them. But finally, Jacob comes, and he's so rejoicing. But then he comes down to the end of the chapter, verse 34. He says, but you shall say, the servant's trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now. Sorry, if jump up to, to, to verse 33. It says, and it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call you. He shall say, what is your occupation? That's important in Egypt. It's still important today in the world. Egypt's a type of the world. It's still important today. It's the first thing they want to know. You begin to come and talk. And you say, well, you know, this is what I feel like. Well, who are you? What's your education? That'll tell me if I should listen to what you're saying. What's your occupation? That'll tell me if, if I should really listen. Are you really somebody or are you nobody? But here, 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 Joseph, he says in the next verse, he says, that you should say thy servant's trade has been about cattle from the youth even until now, both we and also our families, ye may, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. Think about it. So he's saying, the, the occupation that you guys got, the Egyptians look on that and they say, that's an abomination. We don't value that very high. They actually value that way down very, very low. He said, now, here's, here's the right hand of Pharaoh. I'm just trying to paint a picture in your mind. The right hand of Pharaoh saying, you're my father and you're my brothers and I'm sure happy you're here and I love you guys. Just say that you're, 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 your occupation has been with cattle. Don't tell them you're shepherds because that's an abomination around you. He says, you, you can just carry on the way you're carrying on and we'll just have, we'll be shepherds. That's all great because that's what we are. But don't tell them that's what we are. Hey man, but you can have your seats. Won't keep you standing too long. But let's go over to Genesis chapter 4 before we pick that up again. And in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 2, a very familiar scripture to all of us. Where it says in the process, or it says, and, and she again bare his brother Abel. So this now, this is the first seed of Adam. Right? She bore Cain, but that wasn't Adam's seed. That was the serpent's seed. Amen. That was from an illicit relationship with the serpent. But now he says that this is this now he bare Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. In other words, he was a shepherd. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. And unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respected. Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. 
So notice this is the first two born uh, men. Amen. Are you with me? The first two born men, where they come now, and they have very different natures. Why? They have very different fathers. But the one of them being the seed of Adam, he's got a nature in him that he wants to be a shepherd. He's a keeper of the flock. But there's this other one over here, Cain, and now he's got something that's important to him, and that's to be a tiller of the ground. That's to grow things that are beautiful and to grow the vegetables, to grow the fruit, and you could say that's important. We, we could say that that is, but now in all of these things, God began to tell what was important to God. Because we know that in the world, in the, to, the, to the Egyptians, it finally came down to the children of Cain, the shepherds was an abomination. They said, we don't like that occupation. We don't want to be that occupation. We don't want to be that kind of a nature. But to, to God, he looked at one person and he said, I accept that sacrifice. That he came and he brought the blood of an innocent lamb because that was what God had required. But it was also speaking of the nature of Abel. That it was in his nature too. That was all that he had. That was the best that he had. And it was a revelation that God gave him that said, I got to bring this, this little lamb. It's what God requires. But to Cain, he had a different nature. You understand what I'm talking about here? That there needs to be the right nature in an individual in order to understand what is pleasing to God. And Brother Brown, I'm going to talk about we need a nature change. Jesus would say in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Right? In order to be born again, your nature comes from your birth. It comes from your origin. It comes from your seed. That's where your nature comes from. So if you're, if you're born of the first birth, if you're born like Cain was born, and you're just there, and everything seems wonderful, and it looked like, why isn't God happy with what I've done? His countenance fell. He was asking himself that question. Why isn't God happy with the works of my hand? Why isn't God happy with what I've done? I gave him the best. You can almost imagine the regret in Cain's eyes. I picked the best of everything, and I burnt it on an altar, and it wasn't good enough. I wish I could have it back for myself. Honestly. But that, was, but, but that was his nature. That's what he thought was important. But Abel had a different nature. It was something of his birth that was totally different. Where to him, it wasn't even his. He was just, this animal had its own life. And he recognized that. He was a shepherd. And a shepherd gets so one with the sheep that he begins to smell like the sheep. He talks like the sheep. He even, Brother Branham would say, laughs like the sheep. Bleeding. Like a shaped in, in laughter. I, I don't even know how that sounds, so I'm going to try. <laughs> but we know that, 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 that the shepherd, he'll sleep with them. He'll do everything with the sheep because that's his livelihood. And it means something to him. But in all that, he gave it to God. He gave his life, as it were, to God. Cain had a different nature. And his lineage had a different nature. And Joseph recognized that in Genesis chapter 49 where we read it. Where he said, don't tell them you're shepherds. Down here, that's not a desired occupation. But I want to say it was in their nature. It was in their nature to be shepherds. The children of Israel, that was their nature to be shepherds. It wasn't something that they could just put off to the side and say, okay, we'll just be nobodies. We'll just be nothing. No, they said, but this is what we do. 
This is what we were born to be. This is what we've done since we were youth. This is all that we know. We're shepherds. And if you actually go back with me to Genesis chapter 47. Read 46. And now if you go to 47 in verse 3. We find that in verse 1, he brings him to, jo- to, to Pharaoh, brings Jacob, his brethren, to Pharaoh. In verse 2, he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, yeah, first thing he says, what is your occupation? And they said unto Pharaoh, yeah, we're just cattle people, we, uh, we, we're ranchers. No, no. They said, thy servants are shepherds. Both we and also our fathers. They didn't leave anything to chance. They didn't go and say, well, we'll let our father answer for himself, but we are shepherds. No, they said, no, we, our fathers, all of us, we're all just shepherds. Joseph's going, oh, man. I told them don't say that. I told them don't do that, but it was something in their nature. You can't help who you are. You can't help what God made you to be. It's not something that they could go back and say, okay, we're just going to change now because we've been down in Egypt. We're going to change to be a different person. No, it didn't matter where they went. They were who they were by the grace of God. And they said, we're shepherds. Oh, and God had grace. And he, he, he looked and he gave them grace in the eyes of Pharaoh that even Pharaoh, he didn't get all appetite about it. He said he invited them to sojourn, that their flocks would come and everything would come. But, but we find that they, they, they could not deny the nature that was within them. Joseph just told them, but the nature of them, they couldn't deny it. I, I quoted the quote where Brother Branham says, and why it had to be shepherds. He says that, 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 that if you ever had the privilege to go and be with a shepherd for a while, he says that shepherd stays with the sheep. So much they laugh like the sheep, talks like the sheep, smells like the sheep. That's right, because he's with the sheep. That's all he knows that is his sheep. But you notice that for a moment. He knows his sheep. A shepherd is not worried about, okay, if you're going to shepherd something, you'd ask Brother Andrew and uh, Otiano, if you're going to be a shepherd here and you're going to look after sheep in Alberta, you're not concerned with what they do in Australia. Because that's a different country. It's a different climate. It's a different way of, a way of shepherding. It's a different, you need, you need different things. Down there, you don't need warmth. You don't need heaters. You don't need to worry about water freezing over and all these things. Down there, you need to worry about keeping the sheep cool. So you're not down there going, well, what's the best way to shepherd sheep up here in northern Alberta? No, you care about your sheep. A shepherd knows his sheep. If we go over, let's flip over to Genesis chapter 49. Just keep your Bibles open. Genesis chapter 49, verse 24. I said I had 20 minutes. Oh boy, it's all gone. Maybe we'll just leave this admonishment here with Joseph. We'll pick it up again later. But Genesis chapter 49 and verse 24. Find that now Jacob is, 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 is on his deathbed and he's blessing his children. He goes through each one, Reuben and Simeon and Levi and Gad and Asher and Naphtali and Zebulun and Dan and... All the different ones, and finally he comes down to, to Joseph. And in the blessing of Joseph, in verse 24, he says, Let's start in verse 22. Let's read the whole blessing, Brother Ethan. Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, 
those branches run over the wall. And the archers have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow abode in strength. And the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. He just put something in here. From thence is a shepherd, the stone of Israel. Almost seemingly out of place. Because here he's talking about, he's blessing him, and we know that's its symbol, but he's talking about him as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a branch, as a very fruitful tree, really, that reaches out over top of a wall, and it's even for others, talking about Joseph, that even though he could have been fruitful just in Israel, he reached over and he was fruitful over in Egypt, and he was a very fruitful, and his lineage now would be the same, same way. But now we find that he goes to talk about his bow abode and strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. And then he brings back in the shepherd again. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel, that there would be something coming from the lineage of Joseph, shepherd. We know that Jesus even came from the lineage, wasn't from the lineage of Joseph. <laughs> it's out of the house of it was Benjamin from Bethlehem. But we find here, oh, sorry, it was a line of the tribe of Judah. Thank you. Just clicked there. Hold on a second, Brother Andrew. Stop for a minute. Somebody's going, no, that's not right. Thank you. <laughs> but here, he begins to bless him. See, Joe, Jacob is seeing something and passing it on to his prophet son. Not only is, is, he is he is pointing to Christ in this, he is saying that from Jacob there comes a, there's a star that comes out of Jacob. That's what would happen if they, they go down and Balaam would begin to try and curse, but he would end up blessing and he would say, there's a star that comes out of Jacob. And we know that even the wise men, Brother Brown would talk about, they would look at that scripture and they would see the star in the east and they say, but this says there's be a star come out of Jacob. He says, see, we've got to go down there, the Messiah's here. But he's also passing on to Joseph saying, this is the nature of our people. This is the nature of the people of God. It's sheep and shepherds. It was so in the beginning. It was so when it came down to Abel. That lineage all the way down. What did Abraham have? Flocks. He brought them up. Isaac. Brother Branham would begin to call him, if you listen to the message, why it had to be shepherds. It would be good for you to listen to it. Why it had to be shepherds. It's a Christmas message, but it's way more beyond that. He say, God, his great prophet, shepherds. What's he talking about? Abraham, he was a prophet, but he was a shepherd. Moses, he was a prophet, but he was a shepherd. David was a prophet, but he was a shepherd. That was where he began. Jesus, the great prophet, was also the great shepherd. It always went hand in hand. Let's take one more scripture. Psalms chapter 23. You're probably asking, most of you could recite this off by heart. I won't put you on the spot. I know it gets that way, Brother Max, when you start asking questions. It's, we all know the answer, but when you put it on the spot, it's like, oh, I, I know that. <laughs> That's just human nature. Don't feel bad. Psalms chapter 23 says, The Lord... 
is my shepherd. Let's read it together, shall we? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparedest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Jehovah. The Lord is my shepherd. What is that even saying? We've read that from young, young, young children. It was some of your first memory verses. I know it because my son, when he started Sunday school, that was one of the first ones. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And we find that what, what is it all saying, though? Because a shepherd, you're saying that the Lord is my keeper, the Lord is my friend. The Lord is my protector. The Lord is my ruler. The Lord is my company. He's the giver of my substance. The Lord, he entreated me and I entreat him. The Lord is my pastor. The Lord is my leader. He is all of these things to me and I know him and he knows me. That's all summed up in that little statement. The Lord is my shepherd. That's what you're saying when you're making a proclamation. It's a proclamation of I know the Lord and the Lord knows me because I am his sheep and he is my shepherd. Amen. And that he stays with me. The shepherd stays with the sheep. He only knows his sheep. Hallelujah. He doesn't know everybody else's sheep. He's not concerned. You say, what about all the things that's going on in the world around about us? He's not concerned about that. He's concerned about his sheep. He's concerned about you and what you're doing and where you're at in your daily walk with God. That's why I, I challenge you this year. Stay focused on your part because the Lord is concerned about you. And he wants to be with you everywhere that you go. Hallelujah. The shepherd doesn't tell the sheep, you go over there, there's some nice water. No, the shepherd takes the sheep and he leads him. Hallelujah. He takes him, thy rod and thy staff, they come for me. Why? Because the shepherd is there. The shepherd is the one that carries the rod. The shepherd is the one that carries the staff. The sheep don't carry the staff. The shepherd does. But it's a comfort to them because they know that staff is their protection. Hallelujah. They know. We ought to know that God is our protection. God is our keeper. God is our pastor. Hallelujah. We're not looking to a man anymore to say, lead me on. We're looking to God. Say, God, you lead the preachers. God, you lead the pastors. And God, you lead me. You lead me in the way that I should go. What should I do this year? Where should I be at this year? What would you have for me tomorrow? Praise be to God. It's a relationship of a sheep with the shepherd. It's not a whimsical relationship. It's not a one-off relationship. This is a personal, trusting, intimate, reliant on him relationship. Hallelujah. That's what it is to be a sheep. You're not relying on yourself. You're not relying and hoping that just the walls are enough. You know that there's someone at the door. 
Oh, I'm jumping way ahead of myself right now, but I'm way out of time. But there's someone that's at the door. It's Jesus Christ that I'm the door to the sheepfold. There's someone that's protecting the way where he's the one that built the walls. Hallelujah. He's the one that built the walls around my mind, not to block me in or to keep something out, but to keep the word of God. Oh, there's so much, so many scriptures, young people that we could go to. Not, not to look, he's become the chief and the cornerstone. He's become everything. It says that it would be a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. Jesus was said that if you fall on it, you'll be broken. But if it falls on you, you'll be, you'll be grounded to powder. You'll be crushed. There'll be nothing left. That's just what Daniel's talking about. In Daniel chapter 2, when he takes the vision of Nebuchadnezzar, where Nebuchadnezzar had this great image, but there came a stone. To many, it was a rock of offense, and it came down, and what it hit, what it fell on, it ground it to powder, it winnowed it away in the dust of the earth. It was gone, it was no more. But Jesus said in Matthew, I believe it's Matthew chapter 10 and verse 44, but he said, if you fall on me, you'll be broken. And Psalms picks it up, David says that a broken and a contrite spirit he will in no wise cast out. Why? Because that's his sheep that have come to the door, and they didn't trip up upon it, but they stepped into it. Oh, Jesus, the great shepherd. He wants to have a relationship with you in 2021. He wants it to be an intimate relationship. He wants to know you. He wants to be like you. He wants to smell like you. He wants to look like you. Why? Because he wants to live in you. Hallelujah. He's not happy with being a different person. He wants to be you. The question is, do you want to be him? Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Oh, my. First Peter chapter 2. We're right. In verse 4, Peter, we're right. He said, to whom... Coming as unto a living stone. We've come unto the living stone. Disallowed indeed of men. Men kicked him out. Men crucified him. They didn't want him, but he was chosen of God. And precious. You also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. And holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. What is Zion? Zion is the bride. You a part of that? Say I'm a part of the bride of Christ. Come on say it. I'm a part of the bride of Christ. Amen. Much better. He laid up in Zion a chief cornerstone. Elect and precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Remember to the Egyptians, that shepherd, it was an abomination. But to the the ones whose nature has been changed, that is precious. That is such a precious thing that you could have a shepherd, someone who's watching over you, looking after you, making sure you're okay. If you jump over to Revelations, forgive me for just rambling through it as fast as I can. Forgive me for that. But Revelations chapter uh, 20, 21 and verse 11, 
Brother Ethan, if you put it up on the screen, it says this, talking about the bride. It says, having the glory of God, her light was like unto a stone most precious. <laughs> what was her light, Brother Mark? What was her light? It was Jesus Christ. The stone that the builders disallowed, the stone that men cast out, the stone that they said, which an abomination to us, but to, there was a people that it was precious to, and that became their light. The ones who were once children of darkness, you're no longer children of darkness, but he called you unto his glorious, his marvelous light. Oh, don't you love him? Hallelujah. Why don't we just sing that together? It was quick. There was much to be said, but why don't we just close our eyes and say, Lord, I love you with my soul. He means more to me than anything else in the world. We can start 2021, young peoples, this way. Lord, I love you with my soul. I want to sing to you my praises. I want to bow down in his presence. I don't want to be caught up in my own thinking, in my own way, wondering about, focused on this and that. Let me just be focused on what God has me here to do. It's just to look to him. Lord, have your way. Lord, I love you. Where's my soul?
our heads together. I know this is, this is the first service, young people's service of the year. And there's been much made of it. But I wonder if you just want to dedicate your life. As Brother Harold spoke in, in, in the New Year's Eve service, let's have a rededication. I wonder as young people, you want to say, I've taken my eyes off the shepherd. I haven't been focused on what I've been called to do. I've been running this way and running that way, trying to seek after this, trying to seek after that. Lord, help me refocus. And you just want to slip your hand up to him and say, Lord, I want the shepherd to lead me again. We got a God that's the Holy Spirit. Let him lead me. Let him take full control this year. Let it be even tonight. Let it be tomorrow. Let it be Sunday. Wherever it may be, Lord, I want you to come on the scene in my life. Help me, Lord, to do whatever I can to, 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 to accommodate the nature change in my life. That's what you desire, aren't you? Just, just pour your heart out to him and say, Father, I want to rededicate myself. I know I've, I've ripped through the service tonight and just tore it all to pieces, really, but... The bride of Christ has a light. It's not her light. Science is saying there's come a day the sun won't shine anymore. Maybe billions of years. I'm going to tell you it's a lot sooner than that that we won't need the sun anymore. Because the S-O-N, the Son of God, will be the light. And there's going to be a people that are going to live in that city. I'm going to ask you, is it you? You already raised your hand at the beginning. You said, I'm that young person that's going to be in the rapture. I'm that young person. So now I'm asking you in a different way. Is it going to be you? Are you willing to give it everything? Are you willing to say, Lord, this year, this is your year. I'm tired of going about, come to the end of the year, looking back and going, oh, God, what did I do? I'm tired of getting to the end and regretting and having so many things that I wish I'd done different. Lord, help me just to be led of you. Because then I could get to the end if you tear another year and say, oh, I've drawn so much closer to God. God led me. I've seen his hand in my life. Heavenly Father, Lord, you see the hearts of your young people here tonight, Lord. Father, these aren't my sheep. These are your sheep. You know them, Father. You desire to walk with them, Lord. Lord, and you're such a great shepherd. You're willing to take the time. You're willing to go with each one. You're willing, oh God, to, to, to lay with each one, Lord, just to be with them and, and to, to, to care for them and to soothe their fears and to soothe their doubts. Father, would you just be so real in our lives, Lord? Lord, we don't want to just be tossed about every year. We don't want to be tossed about in different seasons. We don't want to be worried about what's coming next. We just want to keep our focus on you. Father, I pray you'd help us, Lord. If it's necessary, put the blinders on, Lord. Father, we can't see to the left or to the right, but Lord, help us just to look right at you. Lord, you said you'd pull us through. You said there'd be a people that would overcome. You said there'd be a people that would sit with you in your throne. Father, we're putting our names there tonight. We're writing it right there. So this is my spot. I got a spot in the new Jerusalem. I'm a part of that. I've got an inheritance that's incorruptible. I've got a place in heaven. I've got a reward. Lord, we're putting our names there tonight. Jesus, just lead us there. Take us home, Lord Jesus. Help us lay aside every weight, every sin that would so easily beset us. 
Satan's desire to take us and to distract us and to pull us down and get us all tore up. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us to put aside those things. We love you, Lord. We dedicate our lives to you afresh. Lord, that you would just have the preeminence, not just here, not just in this church, but Lord, when we go to school, Lord, when we'd be at work, be at the university, Lord, the college, wherever it would be, Lord, help us to overcome. Father, we commit each one to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Don't you just love the Lord? You know, he's so mindful all the time. He told Peter in John chapter 21, he finally come down. He said, Peter, don't you love me? Yeah, I do. What did he say first time? He said, feed my lambs. Just the young ones. Feed the young people. Feed the Sunday school children. Feed those ones. Don't forget. Then he come up, don't you love me, Peter? Yeah, yeah, you know, I love you. Feed my sheep. So wherever you're at, you might say, well, I'm not exactly a lamb anymore. I'm coming up. I'm, 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 I'm mature. I believe I'm mature. Well, God's still mindful of you. He still made provision for you to say, feed. He gave the ministry commission to say, feed you too. He's mindful of you. He loves you. Don't ever forget that in 2021. You've always seen that simple song. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know the Bible tells me so. It's so real, though. God loves you. He cares for you. He's made provision for you. He'll lead you. It's personal. So that means you've got a personal walk. You've got a personal job to do. Amen. We're going to be focused on that. Amen. I know we're going to have needs this year. So why don't we sing that song together as we close. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord. He hears me. Why? He's my shepherd. He's right there. He's the one with the staff. He's leading me. When the, when the, when the, when the, when the sheep begins to cry and bleat, the shepherd's not way off somewhere else. He's right there. He hears you. He runs to you. He helps you. Hallelujah. When I'm in need, I call on the Lord. And he hears me. Yes, he helps me. 